Welcome to Insights, a production of J.P. Morgan Asset Management. Insights is an audio podcast that provides perspective on the opportunities and uncertainties facing investors today. Today's program, the Market Insights Notes on the Week Ahead. Hello, this is David Kelly. I'm Chief Strategist here at J.P. Morgan Funds. Today is September 10th, 2018. A few years ago, I read a tragic story in a local newspaper about a young man who was walking along the train tracks with his earphones blasting loud music. Far ahead, he could see a train hurtling towards him, and people on the sides of the tracks were yelling and waving to get his attention. He ignored them. He had plenty of time to move. And then he was instantly killed by a train coming the other way. As we head towards the midterm elections, America is bitterly divided politically, and many investors worry that chaos in Washington, variously defined, will cause the market to crash. More specifically, some hope and some fear that Democrats will take Congress, leading to significant policy changes. Some hope and some fear that the president will be impeached. This is the train we can see coming, and many wonder why the market seems oblivious to it. The reason, I believe, is that from the narrow focus of the investment environment, the elections are unlikely to change the landscape much. First, on the balance of power itself, current polling gives a very slight edge to the Democrats taking back the House and the Republicans retaining control of the Senate. However, even if Democrats control both the Senate and the House, there's little they could do to roll back the tax cuts enacted at the end of last year, or even significantly change the direction of the federal budget without the approval of the President. Nor would the outcome markedly impact trade policy, as U.S. law gives great discretion to the executive branch in this area. If the Democrats take back the House, depending on an eventual report from the special counsel, the House might vote to impeach the President, just as a Republican-controlled House voted to impeach Bill Clinton in 1998. However, as laid out by the Constitution, even if the President were impeached, his conviction by the Senate would require a two-thirds majority, which is highly unlikely. Moreover, even if this President were to leave office due to impeachment or any other cause, the Constitution also stipulates that the Vice President would assume office. While the Vice President's style might be different from that of the President, his economic policies probably wouldn't be. Meanwhile, however, investors, the media and voters alike appear to be ignoring the train coming the other way, namely the soaring federal debt. On Thursday, the Treasury Department will release data on the budget deficit for August, and the following Thursday, the Federal Reserve will publish the second quarter U.S. financial accounts. Combined, these two reports should confirm that given current trends, by the end of this year, the total money owed by the federal government will exceed the total money directly owed by the household sector. This is, when you think about it, an astonishing statistic. If you add up all the personal debt of Americans, their mortgages, their credit cards, their car loans, their student loans, and every other personal loan, and then you divide by the number of households, you will come up with the number of $126,000 per household. But in addition to that number, by the end of the year, Americans will owe another $127,000 per household, reflecting their status as federal taxpayers. Can we grow our way out of the problem? Unfortunately, the answer is no. Despite stronger economic growth over the past year, the August budget data will likely show the sixth month in the last seven with a year-over-year decline in federal revenues, with the only exception to this trend being April, which was helped by annual payments from the previous year based on the previous tax code. Moreover, economic data due out this week will likely support the idea that the economy is on track back to more modest economic growth. In particular, Tuesday's JOLTS report should show continued chronic shortage of workers, while Friday's retail sales report should be mediocre, based on already released numbers on August auto sales. Will Congress raise taxes to try to cover the deficit? Not likely. 
Indeed, this week, House Republicans will be releasing details on a bill dubbed Tax Reform 2.0 that would extend those tax cuts from the bill passed last December that are set to expire in 2025. These details are unlikely to include realistic proposals to cover the cost of this extension, which the Tax Foundation estimates at $638 billion. While this proposal is unlikely to pass the Senate, the political message is clear and worrying. Many in Washington believe the public doesn't care about deficits at all, so it is politically naive to go to the trouble of funding your proposals. Equally concerning in the long run is the possibility that fiscal irresponsibility on the right will spawn fiscal irresponsibility on the left. On Wednesday, the Census Bureau released its annual report on income, poverty and health insurance. Their numbers may well show, even in a healthy economy, that there is increasing inequality and an increase in the number of Americans without medical insurance. Many Democrats running for office this fall are proposing Medicare for All as a partial solution to these problems. Like tax cuts, such a proposal could be popular. However, given how little the public has seemed to care about funding tax cuts, it's not clear that they would demand any spending proposals be funded either. And if the public doesn't demand that politicians explain how they will pay for proposals, chances are they won't be paid for at all. This is the train coming the other way. The most serious problem with populist politics is that it's not serious. In the past, both the press and opposition politicians would vocally challenge all policy proposals with the question, how are you going to pay for it? And the public would pay close attention to the quality of the answer. However, in today's politics, where anger and insults are the message, and tweets and 30-second commercials are the medium, the question is barely asked at all. If both tax cuts and increased spending continue to be enacted without reference to their cost, the national debt will grow further, and this problem will, of course, accelerate in the next recession. In the short run, this is unlikely to cause a fiscal meltdown. However, over the next decade and beyond, it will mean that an increasing share of taxes paid will have to fund interest costs on the national debt, with most of those interest payments going overseas. For investors, this will, in the long run, increase future interest rates and taxes and reduce spending, including spending on the elderly. This is the, reduces the appeal of today's bond market and points to the need for more disciplined personal saving and investing. Margaret Thatcher famously said that the problem with socialism is that you eventually run out of other people's money. The problem with populism is that, as a nation, you eventually run out of your own. Well, that's it for this week. Please tune in again next week. And if you have any questions in the meantime, please reach out to your J.P. Morgan representative. This content has been produced for information purposes only. And as such, the views contained herein are not to be taken as advice or recommendation to buy or sell any investment or interest thereto. Reliance upon information in this material is at the sole discretion of the recipient. The material was prepared without regard to specific objectives, financial situation, or needs of any particular receiver. Any research in this asset has been obtained and may have been acted upon by J.P. Morgan Asset Management for its own purpose. The results of such research are being made available as additional information and do not necessarily reflect the views of J.P. Morgan Asset Management. Any forecasts, figures, opinions, statements of financial market trends, or investment techniques and strategies expressed are those of J.P. Morgan Asset Management, unless otherwise stated, as of the date of production. They are considered to be reliable at that time, but no warranty as to the accuracy and reliability or completeness in respect of any error or omission is accepted. They may be subject to change without reference or notification to you. J.P. Morgan Asset Management is the brand for the asset management business of J.P. Morgan Chase & Company and its affiliates worldwide. J.P. Morgan Distribution Services Incorporated. Copyright 2018. J.P. Morgan Chase & Company.